Welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I am Ashley. And we are joined today by Julie Cohen. She is uh, a co-director, along with Betsy West, of a new documentary about Julia Child. Uh, It's called Julia. Uh, And we're going to say hello to you, Julie. Hi. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Um, So, yeah, this is about uh, the the life and career uh, of Julia Child, who kind of rose to fame in the 60s and 70s and, and in the 80s. Uh, through initially her uh, cooking show on PBS, and um, yeah, you, you've 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 done a great documentary uh, about her. Um, and I was I guess the first thing I'm curious about is sort of what prompted you and Betsy West to to do this to make this documentary about her. Well, you know, we really love telling stories of groundbreaking and glass ceiling shattering women. Uh, Julia certainly was that, and was uh, such an icon. Um, But I think we really were the idea of exploring the world of food and someone that changed, you know, after having focused on some people changing the world in terms of our legal and political um, atmosphere, diving into the world of food and culture seemed like it would be, frankly, a lot of fun. And, you know, I think we feel in a way that Julia Child is like deceptively important um, people think of her maybe as a little bit of a comic figure or there's a, a tendency to trivialize or dismiss her legacy of like, yeah, oh, that was that kooky lady on TV cooking stuff. But actually, she changed so much of how we do things in America. She not only changed uh, our interest in cooking and the way that Americans cooked and pre- pre- prepared meals, but also the way we eat and what we think about the importance of uh Eating, eating and savoring food, um, and the way we think about women on television, for instance. And, you know, just because it's a cultural change doesn't mean it's not an important change. And Julia just completely changed the landscape of our country in a way that we you don't really think about when you picture the Dan Aykroyd impression <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, one thing I found fascinating about this, movie, uh, this documentary was, um, you know, there were people interviewed you, you interviewed folks who were f- friends and family and colleagues of Julia and um you heard about how like what dinner parties were like kind of before she kind of came along and hit, on the scene um and then how things sort of changed how she sort of made cooking sort of an accessible thing just by going to the supermarket yeah, right and even she even changed what we had in supermarkets because the produce aisles, I mean, it's not just like this wasn't just research in our film. I mean, we had fun digging up the best footage from of kind of like the bad food of the 60s. But like, you know, Betsy and I are old enough to remember those days. I was born in the 60s and grew up in the 60s and 70s. And I remember how pathetic the dinner party landscape was that my parents, uh, you know, my mom's big thing was like putting fruit in the freezer. <laughs> like that was the big dinner party dessert. Oh, like we'll freeze grapes and like slices of bananas and put little toothpicks in them. And this is what we will serve at a dinner party. Like that's the big fancy like reveal. Like, oh, frozen grapes and bananas. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, it just the, the whole idea that food can be amazing, like what so many different cultures um, in our world have actually understood 
uh, for so many years was just like not an American thing. Like the American thing was like, oh no, easy and convenient. And it's good to put it in a TV dinner with a bunch of different, like, you know, divided into little areas of the thing where, you know, the peas are somewhere and the turkey somewhere and the gravy somewhere else. And the, and it's all like in a big thing. And you, I mean, it wasn't even, this was before the microwave, you stick it in the oven and then you take it out and like, don't sit with your family and eat it around the table. Like, no, no, no. You have a little tray, a, a little stack table. We used to call it. We have these in our house too. You had these little stack tables and you'd put them in a, like you'd sit in a chair and each person had a stack table and the little TV dinner in front of them. And then you could eat while you were watching TV. So you didn't have to really think about your food or talk to your members of your family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm a child of the eighties. Ashley and I are both child of the eighties and, and we remember, you know, TV dinners still, unfortunately being a big thing as, as they are, are still, I guess. <laughs> um, I also remember sitting in my room in the eighties uh, and I watched a lot of PBS and she was a big presence uh, on there. It's interesting. Yeah. I, you know, this is one of those interesting documentary subjects where you go into it, at least if you're maybe a person of a certain age, you go into it thinking that you know pretty much what you need to know about somebody. And then you watch this and you're like, oh, well, I didn't know that or I wasn't aware of that. One of the things just on a minor level, though, is that kind of sounds like by the time I was like watching her on PBS in the eighties, those were pretty much all reruns. Yeah. Uh, right. Her big heyday was over on PBS. Right. By then. PBS, yes. Um, but still, I mean, her, the show seemed, seemed fresh and uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I didn't fully appreciate at the time and didn't really realize until we were watching the documentary is how late in life she came to um find her vocation. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. I think you said it, she was in her fifties when she started doing the TV show. Yes. Yeah, she uh, was not on television at all until she was 50 years old. We really loved that about Julia's story. Um, took her a while to figure out what she wanted to do. Like the, the plan for her from the, you know, privileged, but extremely constricting uh, atmosphere she grew up in, in Pasadena, California. And the plan was like really simple. Like step one, you marry a rich guy. And step two, you sort of take care of him and have his children and take care of him and them. Like at the end, like that's, <laughs> that's your life. <laughs> have fun. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Julia always kind of dreamed of something different. Um, and like so many women of her generation, interestingly, she found in World War II an opportunity. That was an opportunity both for women who joined either some branch of or some connected, you know, sort of ancillary part of the armed services, like Julia joining the OSS, the precursor to the CIA, or there were the women that stayed home, but sort of started to get jobs in industry as their uh, husbands and the men were off at war, the Rosie, the Riveter types. World War II is really largely responsible for the women's movement in this country because of that. Like women started getting all these opportunities. Then the war ended, the guys came home and the whole thing was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> go, go back to what you were doing before. And women were like, oh no, I actually kind of liked like building airplanes. That was totally cool. Or, you know, in Julia's case, like, I, you know, it was pretty exciting, you know, even just as an office manager of the OSS, she's traveling through Asia. I, um, I really liked the way you uh, included, how you included excerpts of the letters that Julia wrote to and about uh, Paul, who became her husband, and then the the letters, the excerpts from the letters that he wrote to and about her. I thought the, the way you incorporated that into, into the documentary was, was really nice. 
Yeah, you know, it's really fun. Like, there's something very romantic about letters, especially now when it's like they weren't texting each other. Like, it's like they weren't like, you know, it's just a little cooler to have a have a lovely uh, handwritten letter that you're that you're sending um, between them. Or some of the letters were letters they were sending about each other to other people. They maybe weren't so crazy about each other at first. She didn't like his nose or his mustache, and he thought that her like giggling was annoying. Um, but you know, sometimes those feelings can be the basis for, uh, for a big shift. And it was in this case. Yeah. Um, and I also liked, uh, again, learning new things. Um, you know, if you had asked me just before watching this, um, who wrote the cookbook, you know, mastering the art of French cooking, I would have said, Oh, Julia Child. And I would not have known about Simone, uh, Simone Beck or, or Simka right. who, right. uh, tell us a little bit about her. Yeah, so Julia actually wrote her sort of the, her first book, the real classic book, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, which is still one of the best best selling not only cookbooks but books in in history. Um, she wrote that actually with two French partners. It came about because these two these two Parisian women um, had been trying to put together a book sort of explaining French cooking techniques for Americans. And when they met Julia, they realized like, oh, this could be an, a, a great partner because we actually need somebody who understands the American perspective to help to help us with this task. And the three of these ladies and eventually it turned more into just Julia and Simka, you know, took this task so seriously, worked for 12 years to, you know, get the basics down and get all the recipes right. You know, they're not just writing this, they're cooking they're cooking each dish again and again until they think they have it, they, they have it down cold in a way that they can explain it to their readers. Yeah. Um, inter, interspersed in this documentary were audio clips, uh, interview, sound like interview clips from, you know, Julia. Um, where did, yes. where did you come upon those? Yes. So those come from all different sources. Um, some of them are television interviews. Um, probably more of them are radio interviews. And a pretty large source was oral histories. You know, people, um, prominent people, particularly in the 70s, 80s, 90s, but people are still doing it now a bit. We'll, we'll have, you know, different organizations do an oral history of the person, which sometimes can be a little more thorough than a usual interview where someone's just asking a couple questions. Usually an oral history goes through your whole life chronologically. The recordings are, you know, two or three hours long. Um, so we did find some oral histories of, of Julia as well as, um, kind of the field tape versions, you know, the, not just what was included in a particular program, but also the whole interview from a bunch of different, uh, television and, and radio interviews. And we use those along with the letters, um, and along with the archival footage of Julia's shows to kind of tell her story. I thought that was really a nice, nice touch to have, to hear her, um, in certain parts of it as well. Well, yeah, I mean, her voice is so great, you know, who <laughs> everyone remembers when they think of Julia Child, her voice is one of the first things that you think of. So to be able to have her uh, telling her story, not only in her own words, but in her own voice, like feels felt really special. Yeah. Um, so you, you co-produced and directed this with Betsy West. Um, she's been your collaborator on several projects. And I was just kind of curious, um, you know, what, how do you kind of divvy things up technically? Like, how, how, you know, does she tackle one thing and you tackle another? Or do you just kind of just go, go at it things evenly or? 
Yeah, we do, basically we do divide and conquer. Basically, I mean, a, a film like this. I mean, in terms of like doing the research on his life and a decision about like what stuff we want to cover, that we really do together. We both read all of the books about Julia um, and listened to a lot of the material. Although in terms of like all of the episodes of the French chefs, I'm not saying we watched all 201 shows Our um, archival producers uh, did that uh, helped us out and sort of so narrowing it down to some, to, to some of the highlights. Um, but then like, you know, once we make decisions about which characters we want to interview and there's a lot of them, we kind of divide that work up. We, Wherever possible, we both go to all the interviews, although sometimes the schedule made it that one of us was there was one situation where one of us is I was in London when Betsy was in New York when we both we had both finished something in in Paris and then we had to do two separate interviews. But um, but we divide the interviews up like the so if, if somebody, you know, I think for this interview, we probably for this film, we interviewed, I think, about 22 people. And so each of us basically takes 11 people does the research on those people, does a draft of the questions we're going to ask those people. Then the other one looks at that, but then whoever, and then does all the, all the conversations back and forth with that, with that interview subject. And then when you're actually there, you do, you do the interview. So then it kind of becomes your part of the story a little bit more. And then we're working with the rest of our team, especially for this, um, Carla Gutierrez, who was our editor for RBG also edited this film um, and Holly Siegel, who was the main line producer. So she was helping us choose some of the people to interview. Um, and then we started to start working to put little pieces of it, uh, together. Yeah. That's awesome. I think what you're doing works well. Yeah. So you obviously did a a lot of research. Did you feel like you knew a lot about her going into this? Um, so was there, was there anything surprising that you or what's the most surprising thing that you learned? Yeah, well, you know, one thing is what you said earlier, that Julia hadn't gotten going until, you know, really, really didn't show up on television until she was 50. Like, I just sort of assumed that her rise was like, what do you think of someone's rise is? Like, oh, she's some young ingenue and she became a big deal and kind of rose up. I didn't realize, you know, really anything about her life. Certainly when we went into this film, we were not expecting that it would include a naked picture of Julia Child. <laughs> but like... Uh, that was a p- picture that uh, her husband Paul had taken her, uh, taken of her. It was in the archive. This probably turned into like a more romantic and sensual and kind of sexy story than we had anticipated. But when we started looking at the material, and especially you know, we went to France to to make this film. And I will say that when you interview French people about food. It takes about three sentences until they're talking about sex. That <laughs> happened a few different times. Like it, that's that wasn't like a. Conne- I mean, the connection. I mean, even Julia sort of making sort of hinting at that connection and things that she's saying. But like, we may have had a thought of that being part of the film, but it was really our week in France and like <laughs> talking to French people about how important food is to their culture and their whole like their whole way of being. Um, that made us uh, realize, like, oh, this is going to be like, you know, maybe. I mean, we're very proud of our PG thirteen rating, I will say, <laughs> and because uh, we wouldn't have thought a Julia Child uh, film would uh, be anything other than a G. So, yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean about that picture. We, I, it, <laughs> my mind wasn't computing the fact that that was her for yeah. a few minutes, but uh, yeah, um, you know, one thing I have to say. And I can't believe I'm saying it because I've heard other people who've seen this movie say it as well. And I thought it sounded very cliche, but 
this movie makes you hungry or it makes yeah. you here's the thing we had just had dinner um before we watched this so i wasn't hungry yeah. but the love of food from everyone whether from julia or the people you were interviewing uh, it, it it just kind of emanated you know uh to us uh, and it and it makes you it made me anyway think like okay so i need to cook something i need to like make yeah. something um and i think that's that's a good sign well and there's some gorgeous food photography in this film too i don't know if you had a a specific um film director or a you know a food photographer to do that but it was yeah great. so you know the food cinematography was a really important part of that pro- of this project we had that thought going in um we can even prove that because like when we first were announcing this project we did an interview with variety in which we said like oh we're gonna show you food cinematography like you've never seen before at that point we had no idea really what that was gonna <laughs> be we just knew that that's what we should do um And what we ended up coming up with is that we found an amazing cook and food stylist whose name is Susan Spungen, who really specializes in Julia's recipes specifically. She did the food stylist work also for the narrative film, Julia and Julia. So we worked with her to help figure out which of the Julia recipes would really, you know, work for the camera. You know, we could watch it being prepared and it really felt kind of beautiful and felt like it connected to different places in new york we got a studio and um had a set designers recreate julia's cambridge kitchen quite authentically our our producer holly worked really hard to make you know to get every pot and pan with its little outline like right um but also created in a way that would allow our cinematographer claudia Rashki to shoot from all different angles. We even had like kind of walls that pulled away so she could come around and shoot the other side. So that was one thing going on. And then meanwhile, in Paris, we had another cinematographer. His name is Nanda Bredlard, um, who actually specializes in super artsy, impressionistic shooting of food. Um, we have a, it, it just so happens that one of the graphics guys we worked with a lot, a guy named Kuk Iwo is Parisian. And when we, as we were hiring him to work on this project, he was like, oh, you've got to meet my friend Nanda. He does this incredible food cinematography. And he actually, uh, Kuk got out his phone and showed us some of the footage. And we were like, this is amazing. Like it looks like a, you know, it looks like a, a windswept landscape, but really it's a mushroom or like, it looks like one thing, but actually it's fish. We're, so we, we hooked up with Nanda and we had him in France filming the same recipes in his own way, his own, you know, using special lenses, using what we were calling macro shooting, extreme close up. Also another camera that, that shoots a thousand frames per second. So you can slow it way, way down and make it look, uh, really sharp, even in slow-mo. Um, and so it's the same food shot in two, on two different continents in two different ways and then edited together to make it look like it's one seamless thing. Nice. Well, it really worked. Yeah. Uh, it looks lovely and delicious. Uh, um, so when does uh, Julia hit theaters? So Julia's in select cities right now, but on this Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving, we're opening around the country. It is obviously a great uh, film to see with your family. We're hoping people either right before Thanksgiving dinner, you could go and then or like, you know, go the next day and then come home for your leftovers. (laughs) Uh, You know, there's there definitely are all sorts of food possibilities that come out in this film. And it seemed it's our, our distributors, Sony Pictures Classics 
thought it would be cool to have it have its big wide opening at a time when people are already gathered with their family and obsessing about food. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think we definitely recommend it here. Yep. And uh, it's uh, Julia opening wide uh, Wednesday, June, uh, November 24th. Uh, and uh, Julie Cohen, thank you for joining us again. Uh, we really thank appreciate you. it. Um, you were on, a guest on our, our show earlier this year to talk about another documentary you did with Betsy West. Uh, My name is Polly Murray. And so it's available on Amazon Prime Streaming, I think, right That's now. That's right. If folks listening haven't watched that yet, we, we recommend that one as well. But the, yeah, the, the new documentary, Julia, uh, in theaters, November 24th. Julie Cohen, thank you for joining us again. Thank you. It's great to be here. All right. And thank you all for listening.